Welcome. I'm Therese Padegian, host and founder of Soulful Practices in Business. In this podcast, we have conversations that are created in the moment about managing business and practice life for soulful, intuitive practitioners. So, so I just say hello to whoever is watching this. Um, hey, everyone. We, we're you already heard our previous. <laughs> that's how we roll. <laughs> but um, we're that's live. actually. That's actually part of, of the whole idea of what we're talking about or, or what's coming up for us today in this, in this chat. And it's actually um, when Therese first suggested that we would have these conversations, there was this idea where I had this expectation or, and she mentioned somehow uh, that there would be kind of like a guideline of different topics for a several amount of weeks. And then in the end, that's just not happening because that's not life you cannot adhere to a, a guideline. You can have a free idea of where you wanna go. So, uh, but you don't know what's, what's gonna happen. And if you're truly honest and truly present with who you are, uh, you cannot just stick to a specific guideline of what you think is going to be. And um, it's the same thing with your career. I mean, you can have a guideline knowing that you wanna go in this direction or that direction because that's what you're drawn to. So if you can be somebody that's drawn towards arts or somebody that's drawn towards healing or somebody that's drawn toward mathematics or anything else. Uh, but you cannot know where that um, magnetism is going to take you. And if you let it draw you and you just kind of like let yourself be taken, uh, that's when the magic happens, and that's when you get the most out of the of, of, out of the journey. Mm. You said something very powerful, Anna. Is let the magic draw you in like a magnet, and like a magnet, when it connects, it connects really tight, and it feels so perfect, and it and it draws you in, and you want to stay there, and that's the magic of being present, no matter what it is. It's that drawing in and connecting so deeply that it's, ah, you're with it 100%, like a magnet. So whether it's cleaning your toilet or going out on a date, it's, you're, you're there, fully there. And so, Katina, before that's a great description. We, before we started, well, you actually just did this and you shared it with us, where before we just started, you said, you know, when you're going to the airport, you fell and you think you may have fractured your T11 and you and 12 and you were so present and you allowed that to work through your body and then you hopped on the plane right yep and it was fine absolutely fine all week I'm swimming I'm sending energy to it I'm opening it compressing it turning it into energy light and matter energy light and matter mm -hmm. and it's literally it's amazing just amazing. <laughs> I just, we can I, take anything. I just think it's profound because it's like, I could imagine. I could imagine. It's like, what would the person listen? Okay, if you're listening, what would you do if you fell on your bottom and you've got a big bruise on your bottom, like, you know, your tailbone, you think you may have smashed it, but then you feel it up further in your back. Your legs kind of go on you. Is that right, Katina? Did your legs go out on you or not? No, too heavy a suitcase, and I had stocking feet. Yeah. And, right. and 
I find it was interesting. I knew to let go. Yeah. I and this is why a drunk person can fall down a full flight of stairs and someone else can do two stairs and she breaks her body. So Matt, that was the perfect signal that went off in my head. It says, let go. You will know when to stop. And that fluidness of taking the forces and using the forces and letting them move through my body. It's the old tuck and roll. It's the go with the flow. It's ride the wave. All these things are things that we can take forces and change a, a tough one and actually use it for an improvement, use it for a healing. It's uh, yeah, that potential now is moving through my body in a much more aware presence. People heal themselves. Look at Joe Dispenza, okay? Mm. He had to take all that time and all that energy traveling through his body and moving and dancing with wave dynamics and breathing like he's never breathed before and connecting to places that he didn't even know existed inside of his body to heal fractures, breaks, rips, all this nice stuff. Compressions, probably some blown organs, but we can heal. So true. For this. It's like we can get caught up in the um, we can get caught up in the thought maybe, um, and I think just the the river for me, um, I think being so new to it and being so new to a boat, like here we go. You want to talk about flow? Why don't we just buy a property that has that is only water accessible and you've never never and you know nothing about boats and you know nothing about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so I hop in this boat and it's like, you have to, I have to be present. Like the other day I was reversing out of my birth and out of nowhere, like the river is tricky, right? You think it's all cool. And then out of nowhere, like this tide will come or this wind. And I thought I was cool. And I was actually being a bit cocky because I'm like reversing out. I'm like, this is so cool. And I'm singing a song. <coughs> Next thing you know, the wind just and I'm like crashing into like, and I'm going really slow, by the way, because you have to in, in, in like where all the other boats are birthed, right? And so I get smashed onto the boat that's next to me. Now, what's really annoying, ladies, is when you're a commuter boat, your boat's not that expensive and you expect it to be smashed. You just go with the flow. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's just life. When you're parked to a very expensive boat, you do everything to try to not touch it and you are scared for like every single second that you are next to that boat, okay? So I've got like a very fancy schmancy, oh my goodness, like boat right next to me, right? So I'm out and then as it's going in, like it's going in, I like literally use the force and I'm so glad it was parked in reverse um, because I didn't actually hit the motor, right? but I literally got like the front of the nose and I just literally pushed as far as I could. And I'm like, man, and it really comes to those things where you're like, what can I do right now? Right. But it's like, you want to talk about, hold on, where am I getting to this? The flow of, I have no idea what this journey is, but there's something that's new that's coming up and I have to flow with it. And then it like, I don't know if I heard a bang or not, but there's a part of me that went, when I go back, I'll actually look at the boat. And then I'm texting my 
my neighbors are like, what's boat etiquette? Like, say if the wind pushes you, say if this happens. And it's like, so there, there's this flow. But um, I don't know if that what I said just led somewhere, but it just it just came out. But yeah, it does. Because to me, I was thinking, um, my dad has a boat. Uh, oh, wow. I've never, I mean, I always thought it was really cool, uh, but I've never been really interested in, in going through the whole learning process on how to drive, like how to yeah. pilot a boat, whatever, however you say it in, in, in English. Um, but the thing is that no matter how hard you prepare yourself for it, which learning, getting a, 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 boat, dri a boat driver's uh, license requires a lot of hours and understanding a lot of dynamics that to me, they, it's not, it's nowhere near similar to driving a car that you have to take into account. You need to start turning before because you need to take into account the wind and the sea and whatever, and then it's going to turn. And there's all this physics and all of these ideas that you need to take into account. So no matter how hard you prepare yourself for like how much you study, how much you train yourself mentally for a situation, the only thing that's going to get you out of trouble when you are in trouble is tuning in with what you said. What can I do now? Anna, it's if so I, I try to... Um... Sorry, I just... I, okay, because I feel like... I... I'm... Sorry, I'm too excited here. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I thought when I came, I thought I had to know about the tides. I had to know about the rules. I had to know about X, Y, Z. I, I, had to, I thought I had to know everything about the river. because I'm. And then I went, no, I actually don't know. I don't have to know anything about the river. I, know how to, I need to know how to navigate myself when a situation comes up. And that was it. So it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, I need to know how to navigate something because anything can happen at any time there's so many of these different factors and you have no idea you could be driving along and then all of a sudden the wind may pick up and if you're in a location where you're like damn it I don't have time to go back or I wasn't expecting this you can just beautifully flip right and you're like okay well how do I navigate this right now the interesting thing and that's just bringing it back to what Katina was saying before and what we were talking also about uh, on the previous conversation, is that there's only two there's only two possibilities when you find <coughs> sorry mm. when you find yourself in trouble or in a challenging situation. There's only two possibilities, and one is you stay present, you're present with yourself and with what's happening. And then remember, you were talking about in the previous conversation, Therese, about not needing to know what you're picking up or what you're understanding you just you don't need to process mentally you're just doing that filtering and you're doing that processing unconsciously because you're present and you are using up all of your senses and all of your information and all of your experience to be able to process that and that happens when you're present but the other option is you are thrown by the situation and you cannot stay present and then what do you do when you cannot stay present and you cannot think clear and you cannot perceive? You pray. You pray and you ask that somebody else, something greater, something higher, does that tuning in, does that bringing you to play? So you're talking about this. Yesterday, I was, I was at home, I was working and uh, my little, oh, I, was, I thought she was somewhere around here. My little 
uh, dog, my cute little doggy sweet. She was out uh, with Richard, who's her dog walker. And long story short, for whatever reason, she was somewhere that she's not used to be. There was another big dog that just went and peed over where she was sleeping. So did a call like a marking the territory thing uh, on her. She got freaked out and she ran. And she ran. Away from Richard. So Richard calls, so Richard calls me and says, okay, um, she ran. This is where you are. This is where we are. She's hiding. I know she's hiding. I've looked for her. She's not coming out. You need to come because she's not going to come out for anybody else. So you need to come. So at that point, I could only think, okay, I get in my car. I, I need to figure out how do I get to where she is? So I could only get my brain to process how to get there. But the moment that I started dealing with, she's scared, somebody might have taken her. What if she ran and she's crossing streets and she gets hit? The moment that I started going into fear, my brain and my reading of the city, where do I need to go? How do I get there? What's most effective so that I can drop the car and be with her? When I started going into fear and into disconnecting from this is where I need to do, I couldn't function anymore. So the only thing that I could do is pray. Mm. And I started praying and praying and praying and praying. And by praying, I could center myself. I could calm myself and I could make the next thought. The next step in my processing happened. And then as soon as that next step happened, fear came in and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And then I calmed myself. So I got there and all through this thing, she was fine. I called her, she came out of the bushes where she was hiding. I found her, everything was fine. But it was, it was so much a learning experience for me of, those, of this process that you were talking about and that Katina is talking about and how do you stay centered? How do you stay focused? How do you stay present with yourself? You just, so you just said prayer, right? I'm actually quite curious if you're willing to share, and I think all of us, it's how do you actually pray? Like most people, like if you say pray, most people will think, oh, dear God, da, 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 da. So how would you, like, if you want to share, what does prayer look like or sound like to you? So this is, this is actually really cool. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over to Katina because I literally, <laughs> for, for a few months, yeah. I've been drawn towards this whole idea. I'm, I'm Spanish, right? So I come from a, from a Catholic country. Yep. So when you think about prayer, you think about Catholicism and you think about the Holy Father and all those things. And that doesn't necessarily always ring or hasn't necessarily always rang well with me. There was all this prejudice of, I don't, I don't want to use that. That's yep. just engraved into a specific kind of religion, right? So for the last few months, and this has been going on for a while, I've been sort of like struggling with this idea of why am I embarrassed to go there? Oh. Why am I afraid to use certain words, to use certain names? Why can I not call God, God? Why, because I'm a chiropractor, do I need to call it universe? Why can I not uh, say the Holy Father and not assume that when I'm talking about that, I'm looking at a male, specific male energy, but I'm, that's just a name that I'm giving it and it doesn't necessarily need to have an, a specific gender or whatever energy, right? So that's something that I've been struggling with. And I'm lucky enough that I have Katina as a mentor, not only 
professionally and as a friend, but always also spiritually. And this is something that I actually asked her, literally the same question you asked me, like, how do you pray? I asked Katina about a week ago and I said, okay, Katina, this is where I am. How can I pray? How can I send my words, my wishes, my fears? How can I let myself go into God's hands? Wow, Anna, you learned a lot. What did you learn? What did you learn? Walking, being present, listening, trusting, being. And then for me, I use, some people call it mantras. I use an orthodox chant, which has nice tones. And it's, it's pretty much kitty lason, 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 kitty lason. So when, when the energies are banging, okay, and there's thoughts and they have a dissonant tone and they, they're very uncomfortable. So by praying, whether you sing, chant, breathe, tap, uh, anything, or you tone it, and the words mean nothing much more than Lord, the one, the great one. Um, Unchain, unbind, set me free. So we're going along the path and the energies are like, oh, it's beating the daylights out of you. Turning that tone inside, meditating it, go quiet, go chanting, be at the chant, murmuring it. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Um, what's funny about, and what's kind of, um, unnecessary with praying. You don't have to tell God what to do. Really got it handled. Got like some major big brain energy going on. Uh, sometimes I listen to people pray and says, and you know, on Tuesday, make sure you bring my kid there. And on Friday, I'm gonna do a scratch ticket. And don't forget Sunday, I'll come to church, I'll give you an extra 50. And I'm going, wow, that's a great way to make friends, okay? so. Imagine you had this amazing friend, okay? And you're, you're harmonizing with this friend. That's prayer. Okay? It's being in unison. And anything great and wonderful and beautiful, nature, health, breath, water, breathing, chanting, is a prayer. Because you're giving that life right back to, to the holy ones. For me, I need to get, I, I'm specific. I call on the Trinity. I call on Mary all the time. I call on specific saints for things. Um, we do have a whole pyramid, you could say, of beings, okay? Call on the old masters. Sometimes I call on Sue, Sue Brown. Sometimes I call on Palmer. Um, I call on you girls, you're alive. So, you know, we're all saints in the pyramid of this this beautiful energy source so remembering that okay yeah we may be down here and when we're sending up our love and praying and connecting with that mercy and asking for god's will on that thing and that thing lord your will your will your will your will your will your will oh he's gonna have surgery your will lord your will you're the master surgeon we're encouraging the energy and lots of times i'll tell my patients it's like you're sending the message up and it's hitting the big satellite and the big satellite harmonizes that issue, that person, that pathway, 
that we're praying for. Every prayer is heard. Okay. So imagine if you just kind of get it on a roll. Woo, baby. You're definitely going to be heard. So prayers, prayer is prayer and meditation are cousins. Okay, they're twins. They they one is silent, one is um, active. One is silent, one is active. We need both. <laughs> I'm like they say, good cousins. Oh. <laughs> um, but that's that's part of um, you know sometimes when I when I talk to when I talk to people and people ask me like about chiropractic or whatever, and I always say the same thing, and and this is this applies for chiropractic because to me chiropractic is a religion it is a belief of something greater something higher it's it's a way of understanding life and that's something that i got through bgi i sometimes people tell me like oh how do you apply the concepts of bgi and i say how do i not apply the concepts of bgi bgi for whoever is not um no, does not know it's biogeometric integration and it's a specific approach within chiropractic but the idea is that i tell people a lot um, you know, it's just a matter of, um, there is one message, universe, there's one reason, there's one message, it's love, right? That's the message. Message is love, the message is unity, that's the one message in, in, in existence, right? Then there's many languages that you can tell that message on according to where you were born, right? So if you were born in China, that message you're gonna be translating in Chinese. And if you were born in the States, it's gonna be in Navajo or in uh, whatever it was back in the day. If you were born in England, it's gonna be in English. If you were born in Spain, it's gonna be in Spanish, Catalan, Greek, whatever, right? So the idea is the same thing with um, techniques or healing approaches. If you wanna, if you're going to be healing and if you're gonna be supporting the healing process of somebody, you're gonna be understanding it from your cultural background, whatever that was, that message is gonna be sent in that specific cultural background. So let's say, if you think about Reiki, what is Reiki doing? Reiki is filtering certain energies to actually dissipate blockages in a specific system that is the chakra system, right? So you're just using energy to unblock the chakra system. If you're thinking about uh, Chinese uh, medicine, acupuncture, you're going to be using a specific technique to dissipate the blockages in the meridians so that the energy flows and the system can do its healing. In chiropractic, that's what you're doing. You're using, you're, un you're revealing, you're releasing the blockages in according to whatever your approach is, can be your spine, or it can be your geometry, or it can be, right? Uh, same thing if you're using osteopathy, you're releasing the interferences in the liquid system, whether it's uh, in the fluids, whatever fluid that is, right? So um, in Ayurveda, you are releasing the, the nadis, you're, you're releasing the energy in the nadis, uh, right? So it depends on where you're coming from. You're gonna have an understanding of healing of the system of what you're going to be paying attention to you're going to have a language and that's what you're going to be applying to communicate that one message so for me praying and it's i know it's been a long detour but there's a reason to go back to your question trees praying is just a matter of where do you come from 
what is your language? What is your cultural background that allows for you to communicate with the supreme energy, whatever that is to you? It's, uh, I love it because for me, prayer is something totally different and it's, it's actually how do you communicate with yourself? So not necessarily a supreme energy, so to speak. It's, hold on, are you listening to you and what's coming through you? So prayer for me at the moment or where my exploration is, um, it's not a dear God, it's not a dear universe, it's not a dear anything like that. It's just sitting there going, oh, what can I hear? Or what? what is, if I say what's nature telling me, like it's actually just stopping and observing and going, right, I'm here right now. How present do I have to be to understand what's actually happening in this situation? So it's funny because when, um, before Anna, when you were saying, you know, the, the Catholicism and how, I don't know if you use the word trauma. Did you use that? That's traumatized you. Did you use that or am I just, no. No, I just, yeah, I think that might have resonated with um, your Armenian background. Yeah, thank you. Because it, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Um, so my grandmother, who I'm named after, um, all she did was pray. Like she would just sit and just pray, pray, pray. When we had like a meal, it would sit, it would be the funniest. So we'd all have to sit there, hold our hands and um, everyone's closing that she'd close her eyes and she'll pray. So she'd pray in so many languages that everyone else has undone and we're already eating, right? And it's just like, and she could pray forever, this woman. And it's like, what I realized was I'm like, yeah, she was like a big, and as a kid, listen to this, ladies, you may find this interesting. So my sister is just, she's 11 months older than me, right? Growing up, it's like she would go to my cousin's house who were really fun, who were really cool. You know, there was three girls there, had a lot of fun. Guess where I'd be taken off to? My grandmother's house. Grandmother's. Yeah. Oh, grandma's. Exactly. Church, do you know why I really, so this is another really interesting thing. Church, I am so, I, like, I do not get excited about church. It is the most boringest thing that could ever happen in my existence, right? Don't make me go to church. However, what I do love is there's an exploration there. We're going, I need to get what I need to get and I will fly out of there as quick. Um, but it's just like, I've gone to church so many times because my grandmother loved it and there was so much, maybe ladies, this is something I need to work on is, is the resistance because it was like the most boringest thing ever. If I, if I can just share and, and again, yeah. I'm going to send it back to Tina, but um, if I can just share something, Therese, and it's that um, one of the things that chiropractic brought into my life and, and we're talking about, in a way also interlacing in here, how did we organically go into chiropractic and what did we get out of chiropractic, right? Yeah. So one of the main things that chiropractic brought into my life, when I was a kid, I was brought up a Catholic, but just like a non-practicing Catholic. So basically I got baptized. I did my catechisms where I was like, when I was a kid, I did my first communion and that was about it. Then I, we would go to church on December 24th at night, just kind of like the, the cultural aspect of church. We didn't go to church on Sundays. We didn't, you know, it's like we were brought up like that just because that's what you do, yeah. but not because my parents were believers or anything. It's just like, that's how you were brought up when you, what, 40 years ago when I was born, right? So um, the interesting thing is that as soon as I turned, I think it was 
13, as soon as I hit 13, I started a very active religious search. And I went to the Opus Dei because that's something that I had close to me. And I, I found out what the Opus Dei meant and what their teachings were. And I went to their whatever the numerary houses and I learned from some of the, their way they, they lived their life, right? That didn't make sense to me. Then I went to the States. When I went to the States, I was very, very actively involved with the Mormon community. And I learned a lot from the Mormon community. And I nearly got baptized, but it didn't really make sense to me. There were some things that did not click to me, right? So I didn't. And then my friend introduced me to Buddhism. And then I was like, yeah, too complicated, too, too, too vague for a 16-year-old, right? Like I couldn't, it was way too much, like too open. I couldn't even grasp the philosophy behind Buddhism at the time, right? Um, and then I came back and I, I asked some people about uh, Muslim, about Islam, right? And I was actually, I was actively researching in the search of God, okay? That's what I was after. I was after how to commune with God. Um, and the interesting thing is that it was not until I got into chiropractic and I started working as a chiropractor's assistant, being a, a patient in chiropractic, and then um, through the experiences, the self-awareness, self-evolution, uh, connecting to myself, the deeper I would go into myself, the less I needed to look outside at those religions to understand what God is. Mm -hmm. And that was the really cool thing, Therese. So when you're what you're talking about is for whatever reason, you're just already blocking out that outside aspect of divinity. And you're just literally going into the inner aspect of divinity. But the thing is understanding that it's the same thing. Mm. Whether you look there or you look here, it's the same thing. For some people, it's easier to communicate out. For some people, it's easier to communicate in. Mm. I believe it's a mirror that looks into a mirror, that looks into a mirror, that looks into a mirror. And it's like literally looking into forever. Um, I was lucky in that I had a lot of spiritual experiences through our church, whether it was the chanting and the mysticism that was always practiced. And there is a mysticism in the, um, the, tr the lessons. So that training really gave me a, a, a hunger. Um, and a comfort to be able to know that as a little kid, you could lay on the floor and count and talk to the saints that were painted on the ceilings. And it was okay. And um, versus now, you know, we're kind of like, hit the kids, sit down, do this. Why would a kid want to go to church to be tortured? Let them lay down, let them experience the magic of what they're seeing and, and, the, and painted in the up there or, or um, the outside view that we're getting, like churches and icons and, and stories. When the outside can be linked through storytelling and through pathways that others have gone to, I think as individuals, we can see ourselves and we can start mirroring those behaviors and going, oh yeah, that saint went through this, that, and the other, almost got their head chopped off because they were willing to speak up. They were willing to speak their inner voice. And so they're good teachers. 
And I think I was lucky as a Greek Orthodox to get those, that layering. Um, I remember my, my childhood best friend, she was raised Catholic. And we were about nine years old. We, we both practiced. I'd go to her church, she'd go to mine. And then she came home one day about nine years old. And she was pissed. She's breaking things. She's crying. She said, they took all my friends off the wall. I says, oh. no, I think she said they killed them. I said, what do you mean they killed them? She says, all my saints, I talked to them. I know who they are. Now they're saying they're, you can't talk to them because it's some big word and they took them all off. But I remember how cruel and violated she felt that all her friends were no longer considered friends. And um, because some people decided that how you practice your spirituality has to have a different box. We cannot put God in a box. We cannot put our relationship in our main lining. It isn't above, down, inside, out. It is within as it is without. So you traveling in, Therese, mm. and finding God, and it loops back in, up. You see him up here. You see him inside. It is like a big Taurus. Outside in, inside out. I think that's what connects us to the everything. Hmm. There's a there's the a harmony. Chapter, there's a there's a chapter in um uh, uh Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, where it's this twelve week self led program, and each week looks at a particular topic. And there's one about God. It's your relationship with God, and you actually really start to explore what you actually think god is or what what comes up so for me it was a male figure that was higher than me and you had no access to right and so it was interesting after i've done that chapter it's like oh it's like i'm actually not attached or like i don't think it's a he or like there's all there's all these things that go go through for me right but i'm i'm pretty cool with it and um it was last year it was um i was chatting to someone and i was just like okay blessings like you know, that's, that's peace. And he's like, I don't want blessings. Nope. I don't want blessings. I'm like, Oh, okay. And so it was interesting was I could, I could, because I had kind of gone through that experience for me, I'm like, I am like, I didn't actually mean to impose that on you. Like, I'm sorry. And I go, I'll take the blessings back. So I'm like, I took the <laughs> blessings back. And then I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, what are the blessings? Like, what am I actually giving out there? Where it's, it's, it's something that I say and I know that the intention comes from pure love and pure joy and, you know, that that's where the intent is. But I'm like, that is kind of rude because he didn't want blessings and I just said blessings, you know, like it's like, okay, I'll take it back. And then it actually really allowed me to explore to go, well, you know, there are different, okay, there's different ways we communicate, but it's like, hold on, this is my practice, it's my thing. Am I imposing it on other people or do they just have like, you know, they're, are they just tied up in some other different way that it tightens them and they may need to go for an exploration themselves. But I just wanted to share that. Do you, we, we have a common friend, uh, the three of us. Yeah. And she was brought up um, by nuns. Uh, the school she was going to was, uh, was, uh, was, uh, non a non school whatever that's called uh in english and so 
uh, when I, there was this whole experience that she had in, in school that uh, whenever they would talk about the soul, it was something that was inside of here, whatever. And it was this whole concept of soul as something that's little and it needs to be protected and it's pure inside in a specific area, whatever. I don't know, it's this whole idea that she has. So when you talk to her and use, and this person that the three of us know is, I would say one of the highest spiritually people that we know in her understanding of the world and the universe and the energies, right? Uh, but if you say certain words to her that triggers the little girl that was traumatized by those nuns and she will not hear certain words. So when you're using certain specific words, yeah, she will not. not have it. And it's really interesting because she will use other words to express the exact same thing that you are expressing by the words that you're using. But to her, those words have a different meaning. Mm. so it's it's still the same concept but it's um in best uh bioenergetic synchronization technique one of the really interesting things is that uh specific concepts like specific words have different frequencies right I so am. when i think love when i think love in my brain love has a specific frequency yep. when you think love trees in your brain love has a different frequency when Teresa, when Katina thinks love, love has a different frequency. But when I think amor in Spanish, Ooh. that has a different frequency, yeah. mm. right? So it, they have different frequencies, but they have a different frequency for a Spanish speaker. Two Spanish speakers will have a different frequency for the same word because it relates to your experiences and what you've been through life and how you've related to those specific concepts. So what BEST does is it works with those frequencies and it counterbalances those frequencies amongst them. So let's just say, if you think what would counterbalance love, <coughs> excuse me, we might all think maybe it's hatred or like the opposite, right? But that's not it. Because hatred has a very specific heavy energy that's not the opposite. It's not the mirror image of love it's a different thing so maybe the mirror image of love for me is i don't know sadness for you Therese, it might be um i don't know uh independence for katina it may be who knows what and when you actually find those two different concepts that have mirror um uh, frequencies and you bring them both into the brain you cancel out and I, this is a very, if anybody that knows best is hearing this, please, please excuse my very lame explanation. But the idea is that words have frequencies and thoughts have frequencies and they, ooh, and they relate to, um, they relate to our experiences, to what we've been through and how we have related and communicated with whatever. And we're talking about God at the moment but it's the same thing if we think about family. What is family for some people? For some people, it's a haven. For some people, it's hell mm. because they had a horrible relationship with the family. How about work? For some people, work, it's a means. Oh, you're sweetie. For some people, uh, work is a means for 
making some money and then living the life that you can live. For some people, work is um, the possibility of expressing your deepest um, yearnings of uh, changing whatever. And for some people, work is just a prison that you have to go every day because it's mandatory that you go every day. So whatever it is we relate to, it depends on our experiences and what we've been through and how we were brought up. And then if you know that, that allows you the freedom to be able to go inside yourself, as you were saying, Therese, and connect to what is it that you need? Do I need to meditate for two hours today? Do I need to meditate for 20 minutes today? Mm. Who am I? And how do I relate to everything that I've lived? And how do I relate to the divinity within me, the divinity outside, to my family, to the reason why I'm living, to my loved ones? How, at the end of the day, how am I going to raise or increment the amount of love and energy and light and love in, in, this, in, in the planet? Mm. This is why I believe as chiropractors, we're given one of the most wonderful careers possible because those disconnects, those disharmonies that happen in someone, um, you have a bad parent. Every time you say the word, you literally, their body cringes, they hold their breath. There's a, there's a, ouch. That association with the past event um, locks the body in a negative loop, actually. What I love about the miracles of the biogeometric integration is those cracks in the crevices leave a dissonant tone. We come along, we start playing with it, touching it, pulling on it, loving on it, tapping it, helping it to flow. And the information that was resonating in there is allowed to go, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, okay, that was then. This is now. I'm empowered in the now. And in the now, it's always my choice. So the negative association to the word parent or to the past parent uh, relationship or God or whatever it may be can be settled and can be set free. We get to do something so amazing is to go into somebody's matrix and it is their internal matrix. It is touching the God within them that got kind of hidden out. And then we get that flow to happen and they literally start to shine. They get happier. They feel better. they become really present. Like you come become trees when you're, when you're meditating, Whew, you're just, you're in it. And the past doesn't have the past is a companion. That's all it's there. It's not a director. It doesn't own us. It's just a lot of information that's there to support us but not hold us back, okay? Once it holds you back, it means you gotta cut the cords and um, let yourself be present. Prayer does it, getting adjusted, having people touch you in a way that allows that flow to connect spirit back to body. Isn't that the main premise of chiropractic? First guys wrote about our job is to connect man back to his God. Oh, God stuck us together like this. We support each other on our searches. We, we mirror the greatest things that we each have. And the difficult things, we actually carry each other's burdens together. 
without any judgment, without anything other than, oh, okay, we can do that. Come on, let's carry that together. It'll be lighter. Okay. Um, I love you guys. <laughs>